Your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at Trafalgar Square Finance, leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance. Whether it's buy-to-let, development or bridging finance, Trafalgar Square can help you organise your funding for your next property project. Exclusively to listeners of Your Property Podcast, Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes for more details. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Your Property Podcast. My name is Michelle Cairns, and with us today, we've got Jane Scrocks. Hi, Jane. Hi. Hi, everyone. Great to have you on. So a little bit about Jane, for those of you who don't know her. Jane is the driving force behind BEAM, which is a dynamic team of property virtual assistants who are all based in the UK. And together, they excel at handing all aspects of lettings admin, compliance, and optimizing portfolio operations for their property investor clients. Um, With a keen focus on implementing efficient systems and processes, they free their clients to concentrate on scaling their property portfolios. And before setting up Beam, Jane gained valuable insights into the property industry as an investor relations manager in London. Um, for a London residential developer and as the co-founder of Podfilm, which is a unique shipping container office development in Bristol. So quite a varied background. Yeah, I love doing this podcast because people come from all sorts of backgrounds into the property world and there isn't really a set line you know it's not like people just all come from corporate worlds or anything like that people got you know a huge mix and obviously if you if if anyone does have any property background in whatever um whatever field that is it's always useful right to uh <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> I mean I've doing. always worked in property um pretty much since I started um my working career really in some form or another i worked for um, a property fund which was Singapore based and um, Asia based and UK based so I've always been involved in the industry in some way or another Um, and yeah so it's only natural to to set up Beam and serve those people in in those industries. Well you say it's only natural (laughs) Uh, I guess (laughs) I'm not sure it's something uh, probably in my skills that I'd like to to do something like that lettings and compliance and all that kind of thing is uh, my idea pal I'd like somebody else to just do all of that for me so um, well how did you yeah how did you transition from that world into what you're doing now? Well, um, I mean, I set up I set up myself as a virtual assistant because I was traveling very much over to Barcelona um, a lot of the time. So I needed something really I could work from, you know, work remotely. And I had so many contacts within the property industry from years of networking. Um, So it was kind of a natural progression, which gave me that freedom to, to, you know, location freedom. Um, And then obviously the pandemic hit. um, And so people became much more used to be working on Zoom, working with a remote team, because, you know, you couldn't necessarily have people in the office at that time. So that really helped uh, the business, actually. Um, and up until that point, we were kind of quite sort of based 
uh, well, focused, I would say, on the pre-acquisition side. You know, that was my background, deal analysis, development. But more and more people were interested in help with lettings management because, as we were just saying, it's not the most fun part of building a property portfolio, is it? So Not for me, no. <laughs> no. So, And I didn't have that much experience with that side so that's why I started bringing on team members that had a lot of experience you know years of experience whether that's in lettings agency as branch manager perhaps training other team members or perhaps with their own portfolio um, to help help our clients um, understand that lettings process and actually you know take care of it for them um, right okay that's how and the business so you your uh so how, how did you start with uh you know getting people on board if you it's like the chicken and the egg which comes first does the customer come first or the service um I was very lucky and I I had quite a lot of inquiries and I I got to the point where I was I had too much uh too many clients and or potential clients and not enough hours in the day so um, I took on my first team member, I think, in May 2020 um, and matched her with uh, one of the, the clients. And um, it went from there, really. So so all of my team are UK based. And as I said before, they've got super experience in the industry. So they kind of guide our clients through what needs to be done, what the processes are. And we solved that, that kind of problem where landlords just don't want to t- have to do the lettings and admin side um you know they get very stuck and and it drains their energy and i understand that they don't come on board to be property managers so um the team kind of take that that stress away from them um and so it it really just grew and as i identified that problem in in the businesses of our of our clients that's where i really niched in lettings and property management support um so really helping landlords self-manage um, but we also have team. We also have clients with agents on board too, especially if they've got a large portfolio. There's still a lot of communication required with the agents and checks and measures and deciphering rent statements. So we have team members that that kind of become that buffer, or that intermediary almost, to free up the clients from those conversations on a daily basis. Yeah, there's a few things in there. So it's, I think it's really interesting that there's this gap between you know people who who wants to self-manage but they don't have the time inclination or skills um but also they don't want to spend on an agent and especially if there's you you know you've got hmo for example you've got 10 tenants in one house then suddenly you're obviously looking at 15 maybe 20 percent for an agent and there aren't many agents who do specialize in that you know particular niche as well so uh, I think some landlords kind of get a bit stuck with not being satisfied with the agents, but not wanting to do the work themselves. And then um, it seems like there's there there is that gap in the market. But a lot of people, I suppose, don't really think to work with a virtual assistant or or any assistant really. Um, I think a lot of them just struggle on alone. Yeah, that's really true. Um, that's exactly the problems you mentioned that we come across, um, especially when you've got a large a large HMO portfolio because then there's no economy of scale when it comes to using an agent um, and sometimes if they're different locations you're dealing with different agents and obviously that that takes a lot of time onboarding managing to some degree um, and with our clients we give them we, we set the processes and standards so we control you know the systems the data 
how those tenants are responded to. Um, there's a bit more ownership of the operations for the client, but without the burden of the admin. Um, and so yeah, you, you're kind of setting the standards and the processes and, and you can really create such a great um, thriving portfolio when you've got that ownership of that information. Um, and that's what we try and do for our clients. Yeah, and and it's interesting what you said before about how your team would be the in between. So the for the landlords who do have agents, they're the the in between uh, person, but actually they're doing a lot of the checks. So whereas yeah. for a lot of people they would just uh, assume hope that the agent would do all the checks and that they don't need checking, <laughs> uh, but that's not always the case, is it? No, that's right. Um, you know that there are different agencies out there and you know some are I would say more customer focused than others um you know it's a hard business lettings agency sometimes it's quite low margin and high turnover so you don't always get that continuity of staff um but we try and support the agents so when we go in we're not we're not trying to um, move them out out of the the picture we work with the agents to actually make their life easier so they'll get a response from us rather than waiting for our clients to respond um, we'll be working with them to make sure that the compliance is done and that they've got everything they need about the property so um, it works really well because even things like um, you know I've got a bathroom leak and all the tiles need replacing we can then go and find out exactly which tiles they were by asking our client or looking through previous invoices or receipts and saying right it's these ones I can order them let's get them and it, it by having that extra person that's willing to devote that time to those tasks, uh, everything flows better and the communication is much more seamless. And as a result, the properties are, um, you know, thriving, really. Uh, we look at also things like rent reviews, making sure that they're getting the best rent. Um, we keep an eye on end dates for tenancies, so they're not always falling onto periodic tenancy, um, periodic uh, agreements. There's lots of things, you know, rent, deciphering rent statements, making sure all of the costs are correct um, and that quotes are, are, are accurate, work is done efficiently and um, we see before and afters. So there's lots that we can get involved in with the agents as well. Obviously, you built your team as a UK-based assistants. Uh, was there any temptation to, you know, work with offshore uh, assistance or was it just you saw a niche with working with people from the UK um I think it was because of what I knew it's it was it was an area that I understood um and I think when you're when you're kind of being that um it's almost you know an agency owner I suppose it's working with people in a in an area that you understand with certain um, checks and measures that can be done and you've got you know um, insurance We've got compliance in terms of GDPR. There's a bit more control and understanding and regulation. Um, and I think I didn't really want to train people up either. So I think that there's a huge value in working with overseas VAs. And some of our clients do also have a, an overseas VA, which we help manage and, and um, help with operations. But for me, it was just much more easier to manage to have team members um, on in the UK that understand the ins and outs of the UK market. And I learn from my team all the time. Um, you know, I've got some really great team members, many of whom are ARLA level three qualified. I have an ARLA level four qualified team member too. So within the team, we've got all those resources that we can call upon and ask questions. Um, and I think that 
has helped us all to learn and me especially um, and we can pass that on to our clients as well yeah that uh, that's really interesting actually because I think for you know just thinking initially the difference between having onshore and offshore VAs uh, you've obviously got benefits to both um, but for people working in the UK you've got you know if English is their first language then it's easier obviously you're saying they're trained as well but the time zones as well being able to uh, work in the afternoons and the evenings is not something that's easy to do if people are you know if you're hiring a team from the Philippines or wherever where it, you know it's bedtime for them at one o'clock our time 1 p.m uh, so so I guess there's lots of crossover I suppose the difference is the price point for it is Definitely. the obvious one um so do you does that do you mean do you need to work with clients that have got larger portfolios to make that business model work or how does that yes we do so typically um we tend to take on clients that maybe have i would say 25 tenancies if it's hmo um or maybe 10 to 15 single lets um, to make our time worthwhile. And obviously there's, there is, um, you know, we're not, we're not the same price as Filipino VAs. So um, it has to be a cash flowing property really um, for clients to say, yep, yeah, let's go for it. Um, obviously we do take on clients sometimes with less than that, but we want to make sure we fill our hours and make, make them, you know, really use our time um, to its, its most value. Um, so underneath that, really, most people tend to have Filipino VAs um, or they're trying to struggle on themselves and it, they, they kind of reach a tipping point with around 20 tenancies um, on average where they, they're just really stressed and starting to spend all of their time on that. Um, and, and I think it also comes down to how systemized you are as a person. Typically, property investors are more visionary people, in my experience. You know, they love they love the vision of um, creating something. They love the deal making, doing up the properties, obviously. And the admin, um, the admin side is not their forte. So then having to create structures and systems for to onboard an overseas VA is sometimes quite a challenge and a hurdle. So um, so they don't sometimes you know, bring Filipino VAs on board. Um, but some do. And I think it really depends on your nature. But what I have created in the last few months is I've been working on um, providing those resources for those investors that are pro probably at that stage, you know, maybe less than 10 properties, 20 tenancies to help them onboard their Filipino VAs or their overseas VAs um, so that they don't have to think, oh, my God, what am I going to give them? How am I going to control them? How do I explain my property portfolio to them? Um, because I do speak to a lot of people at that point that before they're ready to come on board with us. Um, so hopefully I can give them something for everyone, no matter yeah. what size you are. <laughs> I can just imagine those first conversations of like the the point at which they get to you is like, help. <laughs> oh, yes. What have I done? It's, it's a complete mess. Uh, what should I have done at the beginning? It's too late now. How do I fix this? Uh, so I imagine there's a lot of fixing going on at the beginning of organizing and sorting and then it's just maintaining after that and, and growing the business so um, that's it it's getting those foundations yeah. in place and sometimes yeah it's reverse engineering those um, because yeah, let's face it when you've got a growing business who's got the time to sit there and and rename all your files and put them in the nice <laughs> folders because 
you don't know what you don't know at the beginning. You don't know you're going to need a folder for this. So you you kind of create an organic structure which works for you to some degree, but it's not scalable. So we do we do see people in various states of um, disorganization, but there's never any judgment, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I always remember someone saying to me, well, um, you know, start with your spreadsheets. And even if you've got no properties or even if you've just got one property, just put it in the spreadsheet and like, you know, and, and map it all out. And I remember thinking, well, you know, what's the point? Because I've only got one property with one tenant in, but actually they were so right because it's it's easier to get to just build on something that you've got that's some foundations rather than as you say just uh all very ad hoc and random folders and random um documents everywhere so for people who yeah. are starting out maybe they are have maybe they've got a few properties um or not really a system on perhaps they're letting the agent take care of things um what do you suggest in terms of maybe systems or apps or uh processes that they can start with to make life easier when it does come to the point that they want to bring in a team that's a really good question actually um i would definitely start with a cloud storage solution my personal favorite is google drive uh, or google workspace because uh, when you're sharing files with a team member there's not necessarily a cost for them to then um, access your files and folders so that's my personal favorite, or perhaps OneDrive if you're a Microsoft-based person, OneDrive and Google Drive. I would keep a good spreadsheet. You know, there's nothing wrong with a spreadsheet. In fact, some of our clients prefer spreadsheets, even though we've tried to put in different different um, systems, they go back to a spreadsheet. So um, I would have a spreadsheet with, try and capture every bit of tenant data you can, ask the agent for a copy of the AST, make sure that they've got a copy of the deposits uh, registration system, um, certificate, get your tenants contact details, just put all of that in a spreadsheet. Um, it's not a huge amount of information as you go, even if you've got an HMO portfolio, you know, you've suddenly got five new tenancies, just take that time to put it in a spreadsheet because having that information is, is so key. Um, you own that information as the landlord, it's your data. So don't be afraid to ask for that from the from the agents. Um, yeah, I especially the deposit one. Sometimes that's overlooked. The mm -hmm. and, and then you've always got a copy. You know, as you know, with the best will in the world, agents sometimes do go bust. They you know and take all their data with them. And then where are you? So I agree. Getting a copy of everything is really important. Yeah, it is. I mean, you just don't know what could happen along the line. And there's no point going into a relationship thinking, oh, this this could happen. But it's just having ownership of your data um, so that you know that the that AS, you've got the AST, you know exactly what the terms of the agreement are. Um, you've got you're perhaps copied in on or sent the information, for example, you know, was the prescribed information sent with the deposit certificate? Was the how to rent guide? Which one was sent? And because these things, as you go along, if you if you do need to serve notice, you're going to need to know that those things are in place. So having that information is 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 key. Um, and other than that, really, I would I would say something like Trello or Asana, which is a really simple task management app. Um, I would get a, an account and start filling out some to-do boards. So keep things, try and keep things online. I mean, we all like a, you know, we all like a list and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I have my to-do actually in my notes on my Mac. 
I don't always put it into my my task management system but having that overview of what to do when to do it is really easy to then onboard new people um so start to get in that mindset of using your your apps for different things but I wouldn't overwhelm yourself with too many different tasks and tools and certainly not with a, a CRM system I mean I would definitely bring on a CRM system maybe when you've got maybe 25 tenancies or more but underneath that I think you can use Asana and Trello or a simple spreadsheet just to just to get those foundations in and then perhaps advance onto a CRM when you get to that point yeah and do you have uh, a software that you use to do the ASTs for example or um, or to manage it so the CRM that you mentioned there is that something that you guys would take care of or would you expect the client to have their own um so every client would have their own um subscription so we don't we don't have a centralized system that we then use different client put different clients okay. information in so if that was a if a client needed a crm we would say right let's have a look at this one this one this one for these reasons we think they'd be best for you depending on what they were looking for um we would get them to sign up but we would populate all the data um, so they still own all that information because, you know, it's 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 the client's data at the end of the day. So we try and have everything on our client's domain yeah, for emails, so. for example, for Google Docs, et cetera. Um, and we just log in with that information and access everyone's differently. Um, and yeah, it depends on which system we're using. Um, but for example, ASTs, we tend to, we tend to use maybe the NRLA's templates and the addendums. Um, some of the different CRMs, you can create a template within those CRMs or they have pre-populated templates. But every client, every every team member works differently too. But generally, we do call on the NRLA quite a lot for the resources. Yeah, that's, that's useful. And is there situations where you find that when people... Um, in terms of the ongoing management how involved do does your team get or you know where does the responsibility lie between obviously the responsibility always lies with the landlord um mm-hmm. but how involved do they get so are they calling the plumber and arranging that with the tenants and yes yeah we do do that um i mean that because that's one of the things that takes so much time for for one of the clients for the clients to, to deal with so we try and take that on um if they haven't already got that in place so we we become the first point of call for the tenants um, whether that's on a whatsapp group if that's already the system or perhaps we try and introduce better systems to manage those inquiries especially if it's a big portfolio of hmos um and um arranging all those contractors we try and build a contractor list try and do research into the best contractors but we take on that role because it's so time consuming um, so we would speak to the contractor, get the quotes, get some before and after pictures, liaise with the tenants um, to make sure they're in, perhaps put the contractor in touch with the tenants, but manage the whole process because, yeah, it's it's something that we don't want our clients to have to do. It's so, you're right, it's so time consuming that part, just chasing contractors and chasing tenants and trying to follow up and make these things happen <laughs> exactly making the payments as well paying the invoices yeah. um, we like to take take care of that as well so um really we would love our clients to be i wouldn't say completely hands-off because i think it's important to not be too passive in your portfolio um 
I think for us, it works best when maybe the clients do either the viewings um, or maybe the inspections. They're quite keen on knowing what's going on in their properties. They care about the properties. And we just take care of all of the desktop based operations. That's our, or maybe they use an agent to do the tenant find. So, but but that's when it works best. Um, everything that we can do on the phone, on the computer, then we we can take care of that. And are there anything else? Is there anything else that you notice with people that come through that maybe perhaps not mistakes they've made, but things they've overlooked that would have been useful if they'd have set up at the beginning? Um, definitely the compliance side of things. So, so many, so many landlords forget the expiry dates of their guest safety certificates or even things like their insurance um, making a note of those and that's why task management systems like asana or trello are really handy because you can just set a due date to remind yourself and then you can forget until that notification pings up or that email pops into your inbox so you're not having to constantly remember okay oh, when's my guest safety run out um, i would definitely say that is one of the things that gets overlooked um, and obviously with HMOs, there's even more compliance. Yeah. So that's one of the things that people come to us say, oh, yeah, I'm not compliant. Can you help me? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's it's amazing, isn't it? How, you know, well, the, the responsibility of the landlord in providing housing for tenants, but there just isn't, I suppose, the level of checks on the landlord um, that there might be in other industries, that's for sure. So I think probably part of what, people pay for with a service like yours is the peace of mind mm -hmm. that they're you know they they can sleep well at night they're not worrying about oh i haven't checked this i haven't checked that so yeah that's exactly it so they know that at any time they can just log on to their their computer and know you know if they can't sleep and they suddenly have a panic they know that they can see exactly when you know the eicr is is due to expire or, or you know probably the fire extinguisher or fire alarm is more is more pressing I would say, especially with HMOs Definitely. Um, or even, yeah. you know, HMO licenses, because they're so infrequent that they're easily yeah. forgotten and time flies. So five years yeah. comes around really quick. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> really. um, OK. And so you mentioned before about obviously people have already got some virtual assistants from the Philippines or other places of offshore as well. So it sounds like that you mold yourselves into this hybrid of whatever the, their circumstances, if they've already got a member of the team or if they've got some systems or non no systems. And um, so working with offshore VAs as well, do you come in and uh, have your own systems or do you work with ones that they've got? It, it depends on what the client's set up, really. But generally, if they're working with an overseas VA, they have got some kind of structure um, and pro probably a process, process guides. So we would just make sure that those process guides are covering all bases, particularly if the, if the overseas VA is completing ASTs, onboarding tenants, because you have to be so careful that you've got the correct information in those ASTs to start with, making sure the documents are sent. So... You know, for example, I've created a, I think it's got 60 or so steps in like how do this, do this, do this, remember this, save this, do this. Um, so we would guide that um, overseas VA in, in making sure they are, they, these are ticked off for every scenario. And obviously there's other processes out there, for example, responding to adverts on spare room or how to handle 
XYZ. Um, so a couple of clients we we have have Filipino VAs. So we come in on more like a managerial operations level um, so that the client doesn't have to have those conversations with the VA because quite often we we have more understanding of it um, yes. because of the experience than a landlord would because generally most people aren't trained in 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 all the legislation and lettings before they start their property investment business so they're just winging it quite often <laughs> definitely so, yeah so um we say right now this is what you need this is how to handle arrears this is what happens as soon as someone doesn't pay this is what we put in place and either we do that or sometimes um we get a filipino va in, in the business to do that but also Filipino VAs are great at doing all of the, the sourcing, the, 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 the right move scraping and actually presenting that in a in a format that we can then say, right, no, that doesn't meet space standards. That won't work as an HMO because of X, Y, Z or no, that's in an article four area for area. Or so quite often we work with clients and overseas team members to do the kind of higher level filtering of potential properties. Okay, um, and then take it th take it through the offer process, um, all the conveyancing side. You know, some of our team have got a lot of experience in the conveyancing side. Um, so I might get one of our team members um, to, to work on that with the client, pushing those through, just grabbing those that information from the, the you know, to do with lending or chasing solicitors or just deciphering what the solicitor needs and remembering that we've answered every question you know you you know all these things that do take so much time and are, it's very email heavy and admin heavy so and following through then from completion um the, the property development process so some of our team help clients purely on project management support um, for new builds for renovations and all the the moving parts that um that go on with that really everything we can do on that from the desktop you know chasing contractors sending out tender documents answering responses um getting obviously all the the welfare um units sort of ordered and procurement and all those things really and i've actually created just um, also steps every single step to think about through so you know we can drop that template into our clients business and work through those steps so they've got a system go to, to to work through well it's quite the um like 360 degrees of in the property world <laughs> that you've got covered there yeah we do i mean we, we do focus mainly on the lettings because that's where the demand is to be honest um clients uh, have got the cash flow coming in from the lettings it's painful for them so they just want someone to deal with it but we do have some clients that we do the project management side too guess that you know landlords are buying the next house and then exactly like can you call my builder <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly that because you know through every stage of property there's the fun parts and then there's the lots of fun parts that kind of get left and left in the inbox and don't get dealt with and so that's mm -hmm. that's where we come and scoop those up and get them moving again amazing and so how about yourself then in your property journey personally is it you know, focus mainly on the business now? Or are you, you saw, you know, looking for more to grow your portfolio as well? Well, possibly, yeah. I, I do have the kind of, I've you know, got the itchy feet again when it comes to buying properties. Um, I mean, my last projects were really in, in when I built the shipping container office blocks down in Bristol. Um, but now poss possibly a little flip next year. Um, we'll see. 
but I've been very focused on on setting this business up. Um, no shiny star syndrome for me. I've been trying to yeah. <laughs> trying to. It must be very tempting if you've got all, all these assistants who can just go out and source deals for you. <laughs> yeah, it is tempting, but um, I think yeah, I've had to really focus the last three years on this business. So as it becomes more systemized, um, you know, it's, it's very operations heavy for me, uh, managing the team, you know, I have 18 team members now. Um, and whilst they're all super experienced and, and self-sufficient in many ways, there's always questions. Obviously there's new clients coming on inquiries and that comes with it, you know, different meetings and introductions and, and follow up. So um, at some point, yeah, I'll, I'll be having an operations assistant to help me <laughs> <laughs> free up my I time <laughs> i think it's funny when you're in the property world and then you start um connecting with people and like yeah i'm sure it was like my va and your va you know emailing each other back and forth and uh it's nice to actually have a face-to-face -face, even <laughs> yeah. on zoom because in the background we've you know got these teams who are just making it all happen uh so how do you see how do you see that it's going to pan out with the likes of obviously chat gpts on the scene and the influence of AI in in working with uh, assistants and more of an admin role, I guess, because there's so much that it can do now. I don't think I've really tapped into the potential. I think, I mean, for me, I use it. I know my clients use it for sort of copywriting and, but within there's, there's so, I get asked quite a lot of questions around, you know, um, using it in the, in the prop tech world. Um, so how it can be used for a tenant find or, I, the answer is I'm not really sure. Um, it's all very new, is. <laughs> yeah, I I don't I tend to try and focus more on the tech that my team and my clients can use now that solves problems. Um, so, but I'm sure that there are amazing ways of of you know automations between flat platforms or, yeah, suggesting new ways of working. I mean, I'm I'm always open to tech. I love tech. I love it for tech's sake but I find I love the solutions that it provides yeah. yeah so let's see let's see what happens well it will be uh, a really interesting place I guess in the next couple of years to look back on how things have changed that's, that's for sure so exciting times if people are willing to embrace what's going on and um and, and you know and work with the tools that we're going to be having just you know at our fingertips it's uh, you know for the first time really that we get to be in control of all of these tools so uh so let's let's see what happens great yeah. all right then we'll work and people find out more about you know what you're up to and uh, and what kind of clients do you typically work with then you mentioned before about the size of the portfolio and the number of tenants but so generally um generally for the va side we work with clients that maybe have i would say 10 to 15 single lets or 20 25 tenancies or more um, but as I mentioned before, I'm creating some resources that are downloadable one-off purchases, which are really structures and templates on how to how to manage a property portfolio from the operations to the lettings to the maintenance side. So they're going to be released shortly um, and they are really suitable for people with maybe 10 or fewer properties um, that, that want some structure, don't quite know where to start, um, but, or perhaps can work with their Filipino VA to build those systems out um, so there'll be checklists there'll be folder structures um, process guides and things in there too so you can find me on instagram i'm on instagram mostly um, 
and LinkedIn occasionally, um, but I would say Insta is the place to find me and our website, which is beam-va.com. Amazing. Well, we'll put all the links to that in the show notes. And um, yeah, it'd be great. Everyone loves a checklist. So <laughs> especially the landlords are too, you know, they just want, right, tick, tick, tick. I've done my bit. Now I'll go on and, you know, conquer the world. So uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sure lots of people will be, uh, will check you out for all of those. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jane. And we look forward to seeing what happens with, uh, you know, the business in the next coming years and, and all the best with it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay, and for anyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine, click the link in the show notes for your free 30-day trial. See you next time, guys.